0: Uh, what? What the? Alright, sorry, Sydney. We're gonna have to wait a second. Uh, an unusually large bear who appears to be made out of felt just came down here. I, excuse me, sir. How did you get in here? You, have, you don't have fingers. Alright, uh, hold on. He wants to tell me something? Mm hmm. hmm. He's saying that things naturally come to an end and that's normal and we should appreciate them in the moment? a really good piece of advice mr bear uh you know thank you for your guidance uh yeah all right yeah i guess you can just go into the pantry that's all right uh i get you know make yourself at home buddy uh all right
1: huh and that concludes today's episode of the disney desk thanks for yeah
0: thank you for tuning welcome to the disney we're, desk, we're done here I'm Carter.
1: <laughs> and i'm sydney
0: and this is going to be episode one of one of our spin-off series that we really like to do. It is called "In Other Tunes."
1: That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I've mentioned this before that like I really get minimal warning about what these intros are going to be. <laughs> and this one was probably this probably is up there as most elaborate.
0: Oh, by a, by a country mile. Usually they're just sweaty. This was like choreographed.
1: Yeah, this was like a, a one-act play, honestly.
0: And what's funny is, I feel like, based on that... Usually, I feel like you can figure out the episode based on what I say. Right. No, know if anyone's going to figure this one out.
1: No. Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I don't think I could.
0: Yeah, this is a... Uh, so, we really wanted to talk about this. This is a series we both really, really like. But I've never heard anyone else talk about To the point that I'm not 100% which one of us introduced it to the other.
1: I don't know that that's a good point I actually have no idea I can't remember I feel like we've just always been literally
0: could be either way around yeah
1: the more I think about it the more I'm like did I just find it on Netflix and ask you about it and you just happened to also know what it was that's I feel like that's what it was like I think we both independently knew about it and then was like do you know about this thing and we were like yeah
0: yes we conferred with each other to figure out what it was yeah um and, of course, we are talking about Rilakkuma's theme park adventure. Yes, the
1: uh, Netflix stop-motion series Rilakkuma and Kauru. That, that, at least that's what the original was called. What year was that? 2019? Yeah.
0: That was around 2018, 2019. I'm actually pulling it up now. Um, yes, so around that time... Uh, Uh, or Kaua'u, pardon me. It came out in 2019 April. Um, yeah. So we found the series. Uh, it is about Relakma, who. I think one of the hardest things is describing what Relakma is.
1: Right at first glance, he's a bear. But then you know, I remember around that time we had decided to follow the Relakma like official Instagram. And that was like a mistake because
0: it raises too many questions.
1: Yeah, like I feel like whoever the admin is of that Instagram fully was like trolling everybody, and just being like, "What's the zipper do in the back of his body?" This isn't a bear, yeah. you fool! Yeah, to describe,
0: is like a fuzzy, giant, large brown bear, roughly the size of a person, anthropomorphic, um, mostly and head, he has a zipper on it. Yes. He has a zipper on its back, and it's heavily implied it's a costume. Right. Which raises simply too many questions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's Um, almost creepy. Like, I just don't... I don't get it. Because the other critters aren't... Don't seem to be costumed. They seem like real animals, but... uh, So there are three main, like, animal creatures here. So we have Verlachma... And then there's Kori Lakima, who's, like, a miniature version of her but a different color. A
0: white and pink bear, who's, like, more yes. childlike. Yes,
1: very cute. Um, but, and then, um, Kioratori, is that the name of the, um... Yes,
0: Kioritori, who is a little pet bird who's into cleaning. And yeah. And they all live with Kiori, who is yeah. a late 20s right. uh, Young woman one. living in Japan.
1: Right essentially these characters through her eyes, at least in the first series we do. Um, Yes.
0: Um, Oh, so basically, Rolakuma started out... I was trying to figure out how to describe his origin. He's kind of like a Pusheen-esque figure. Yeah. Like, he was created by someone at a stationery company. They made a bunch of comics, and then they made, like, stationery, as they do. Right. And then they created merchandise. It really was, like, that Pusheen thing of, like, this... It's kind of Hello mascot. Kitty. Yeah. Well, that yeah. A direct comparison, to Hello Kitty. Yeah. But as best as I can research the the reason why Rilakkuma kind of stands out is compared to Hello Kitty and other mascots of that ilk, mm-hmm. they're usually more like energetic and like woo yeah fun going on adventures. Right. Whereas Rilakkuma, whole bit is his name is a portmanteau of relaxed bear in Japanese.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, earlier today, Carter and I were comparing him to Winnie the Pooh, essentially. That's kind of what he is.
0: Yeah, uh, even more chill Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, um, even more. I, yes. I actually... And we can briefly talk about the opening the series. The original series was 12-ish episodes. Basically, it was a year in the life of these characters, and mostly about uh, Kaoru going through her life as a 20-something in sort right. of a dead-end job. And sort of the trials and tribulations of, you know... Sort of being reaching no age, yeah. yeah,
1: and her friends kind of moving on with their lives, her feeling stagnant. I mean, I I remember this feeling extremely cathartic, and mm. that was like uh, probably a huge part of its appeal. That like this this felt arts and crafts background is like sort of dealing with like really very real real just like and it's not even the subject matter it was never ever too heavy but it was just like oh your friends are too busy to hang out with you and that's sad
0: yeah i yeah that's a great example the opening episode is it's the cherry blossom festival she's made this huge picnic every year there's her and her friends from like college like sort of hang out and drink and eat and watch the cherry blossoms fall and one by one they all have reasons to not come so she's by herself rilakama and the gang come over to try and cheer her up and she talks a little bit about that, like, angst of things changing. Yeah. And then Rilakkuma does something cute, and we all laugh. Um, and if you wanted to the best distillation of how the original series worked, it was like that. Um, a shockingly earnest, whimsical, like, magical realism thing.
1: Right. That was sort of, like, melancholic at the same time. And, I mm-hmm. mean, throughout the series, it's just, like, this girl just having a very average life like having a weird crush on on the delivery guy and hating her job and her co-workers but being polite to them and and things like that
0: yeah um and yeah we love that series we did um, i really recommend it is also on netflix yes um, if you have a chance to watch it and then we kind of just sat around and waited and waited
1: and boy, did waited. we ever wait <laughs> yeah
0: we waited like five uh, horror years yeah to hear anything about a uh, follow-up
1: yeah boy did they follow through we were like well you know i'll be honest i would have waited another two years like i would have oh. like i could have like for this i would have waited even longer and been like great we're back
0: right uh so they announced a sort of second season slash spin-off series question mark called ralakama's right. theme park adventure yeah, um, you
1: know, at first when we saw the, these trailers, like, I wasn't sure if it was a series or a film. It, the trailers truly made it seem like a film, and honestly, watching it felt like a film.
0: Yes, um, that was one of the big points I was going to get to. It nominally takes place in the same, like, all of the stuff that happened in the original series, like, in terms of the friends they made and Kaoru kind of getting a boyfriend and them having to move, all happened. But it's basically its own little standalone adventure where you can kind of pick up the pieces and go along with it. Right. Um, they are 11-minute episodes. They are. I thought ours. there were eight episodes. Yeah, it's really short. It's literally, because each episode's 10 minutes, it's basically a 90-minute movie. Why and...
1: didn't they make it a film? Because I'm thinking, like, you know, the last one was just episodic in that they they were just different slice-of-life, like, not... None of the previous... Right. Well, I won't say that they didn't have anything to do with each other, but, like, these ones, we watched them all in one sitting because they just fed immediately into the next one. So why didn't they just create a film? Yeah, I,
0: I almost imagine at some point it was just a movie and then they thought about cutting it up because Rilakma does work very well as a character in these little slices, like 11-minute bites. But compared to the previous one, the episodes have way more continuity. Um, right, and I think that's why we're having trouble like diving into this to start because this is a dense, dense series. It like, is. I thought, I coming in, I thought this was just going to be sort of more, you know, uh, Relakma and KyoRu was going to be the more thoughtful, like right. this is the thesis statement we have for these characters, and this was going to be like a little fun off, like adventure. No, yeah. no, no. This is dense.
1: It is all the way <laughs> through like... from the jump. Like it's intense. Yeah. We're like, excuse me?
0: (laughs) Like, I was already in my food coma, because, like, we watched it together in, like, a little watch party, and we had had pizza and brownies, or blondies, and I was already, like, kind of getting sleepy, on top of the fact that we watched She-Hulk at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I I honestly thought this was gonna be, like, a light, relaxing, like, (laughs) oh, let's watch the show we love, like, no, this was, like, an investment. (laughs)
0: It drops us in in medias res where like a concert's about to begin and out of nowhere among this human crowd of stop motion we should emphasize it's stop motion um oh, yes. like very arts and craftsy and we can talk right. about the art style in a minute but uh, anthropomorphic bear bird and other bear walk in suddenly powers out panic sweeps across this amusement park and then basically okay. it does like a 7 hours late earlier
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah we're like okay yeah
0: um, and then, yes, it is basically an entire day in the theme park with all the characters from the first one. The idea is they've won tickets to Nagasaki Land, which is a sort of. I guess it's. Ba- I keep comparing it to Hershey Park because it's all. Because like it's candy, candy and sweets.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: It's like, it's like if and the
1: board game Candy Land was real.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's about them spending basically what is going to be one of the last days in the park. And. It is a... What a bold move
1: for them to open with, like, the premise that, like, like, that's not even an inciting incident that, like, oh, we're closing the park down. No, like, they go in knowing that, like, this park is shutting down.
0: (laughs) Yes, and that's something I want to talk about, which is something I really like about the... How it ties in with the original series and how it, like... I don't know. I really like the theming of that. And, like... Fittingly, because it's a park that's kind of on its last leg, things start going wrong. The gang gets split up because Keoru left the lunches on the bus. Her boyfriend is running late. Uh, They... Episode... I think it might be easier to just literally go through each episode because that just kind of describes the really well. Right. Like... Basically, Rilakkuma's main claim to fame for this entire adventure is he wants to, there's a stamp rally there where you collect stamps and then you win a pancake prize. That, if there's one thing that is like the overhanging plot, that is probably it.
1: Yeah. Is that from the jump, he's got his eye on a pile of pancakes. Like, that's his end game here.
0: I was going to say, like, you compared him to Pooh. In a lot of ways, I compare him to Kirby. Mm -hmm. But like a lazy Kirby, whereas Kirby's a little hyper. Rilakkuma's very relaxed where it's like this weird thing that no one's 100% sure what they are and can't really communicate outside of like cutesy sounds yeah. um, is only driven to action in regards to food. Like right. 80% of Kirby games is he's enjoying a nice relaxing picnic. Some demon prince or like God disrupts it and Kirby decides he needs to dish out justice to avenge like his apple that got blown up.
1: Right. It's like Groot with like dancing Exactly. This guy will literally kill you if you like mess up with his groove.
0: Yes, but basically the stamp rally brings him along through the park. Um, almost immediately, Rilakkuma gets mistaken for a mascotted character. Again, what is he? And like, given a people job. Are, people identify him as not a bear, even though right? he's like a bear.
1: <laughs> and they're but like, you. People,
0: but people acknowledge...
1: uh, uh Tori?
0: Yes, Kyori like, they acknowledge the bear and the other bird as a bear and a bird. They right. don't acknowledge Rilakkuma as, a, as bear. a bear.
1: He's the only one which, with a zipper. I,
0: it, which is insane. Um, And then immediately, he gets held up at gunpoint.
1: Yo, we have to talk about the editing in this film.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, this... The tone of this series is so chaotic. <laughs> like, in the sense that, like... They're like we're watching this and we're like, dude what are like the it, its energy is quite so, like meme-y, I always want to call it self-aware but like every episode like leaves on this truly insane cliffhanger and it, I guess it was like yes. episode two into three I think it was is where we just see like truly like someone holding a holding Rilakkuma by his tail and like holding a gun to like the his back. <laughs> And, the, and it her, cuts like, right there and it's like credits yeah oh by yeah. a by a mass stranger and then it just cuts to the credits and like that's the end of just that episode
0: like yes and then literally the next episode they're going on rides uh yeah Kiritori gets on one of those like up and whoa? down things yeah, and that down just straight John's up and down and gets shot into the air and one of them just... goes oh i didn't know he could fly he he can't he can't like, oh he's dead
1: Right, yeah, they literally launch him just, like, into the air, and, like, that's the end of an episode. Like, that's where they end.
0: It has, like, yeah, it it has, like, a Looney Tunes energy where everything is manic (laughs) and madcap, but because they don't, like, stretch, like, they're not cartoony, like, they're cartoony, but with, like, very set physical rules, because they're made out of felt and stuff, so you feel the physical presence, and everything else is so normal, Right. like, (laughs) Because all of the human plots are very, like, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Kaoru's, like, angsting over whether or not she should call her boyfriend. Boyfriend's
1: gonna show up. Yeah, she lost their lunch. She's gotta go find it.
0: The second episode is about Emery, who is this gamer girl who basically held Rilakma up at gunpoint to get him to play video games with her. Yeah. As her parents are like, oh, our child needs to stop playing games.
1: Yeah, our child doesn't like us. We're bad parents.
0: Yeah, or yeah, are we bad, I mean, they both look like they're 20, so they, are they bad it, it really felt like a we had kids too soon sort of thing.
1: That is a weird dynamic in and of itself. What what, what strange characters <laughs> those two?
0: Yeah, like, and I think, I think that's what's, in terms of, like, as we go through the episodes, I think what the overlying structure is, oh, how do you make a story out of three characters who can't talk outside of noises? Right. And, the answer is you write a bunch of slice-of-life human dramas and just have these characters getting thrown between them as they're exactly. doing their own thing. Like, it's... Like, again, this is, like, what I wish the Dumbo movie was, where it's like, oh, this is just... We ride on this character's back and meet all of these weird, insane characters. Right. Uh, um, you know, after... They have to go find their bird friend in the third episode, uh... Uh, Kiratori ends up trapped in a tree in a closed off part of the park Right. Uh, and they discover a mechanic who explains like, oh yeah, we used to have a different theme and this was my yeah, favorite part of the park Yeah, they get stuck
1: on a Jaws ride, essentially
0: it, that, You literally invoked Jaws as like, the <laughs> reference The fourth episode we cut back to um, uh, Keoru and Corey Lakama who uh, finally got their lunches back only to get them stolen by a clown
1: Yeah Mm-hmm.
0: who's like, oh, I'm bad at my job, but I want to be better because the idol who works here is amazing, and she works so hard for us.
1: Right. I have to say, I think the saga with the idol might be kind of my favorite part of the whole series. I, I like her presence and her story, and mm. like, I think she has my favorite adventure.
0: Yeah. Honestly, she kind of takes up the last half of the series. Right. They do, like, two episodes just with her where it's about... We see this, like, haggard employee running between seven different places. I will say, as someone who's worked at an amusement park that was struggling... I'm not going to name names right now, but... Like, as someone who literally had to stand and sell sandwiches at a booth, even though that wasn't my job because we just didn't have enough people, or who had to help out Grand's crew, uh, that's a mood, Gabriella. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, they they captured that sort of everyone's running by the seat of their pants, everyone has to kind of do everything. Right, because cause this
1: place has fallen apart, yeah.
0: Yes, and eventually we find out this one Haggard employee is actually basically the Amusement the Park mascot. Yes, um, Idol, which is, the, I guess, like, a J-pop star?
1: Yeah, in J-pop and in K-pop, like, they call their singers Idols. Like, that's just the name for it. Um, But so, yeah, so, anyway, so they find out that the Idol, who's performing later, who is, like, she's technically a celebrity, I guess, but she's, like, been in disguise, or, or it's not even a disguise, she's just not wearing any makeup or her costume, and she just... Dressed as a park employee and working and like selling snacks, and and tickets and doing everything, uh, at, at in in this park. But I just didn't enjoy that reveal and following oh, her yeah. as a character.
0: Which I love. I'm like patting myself on the back for figuring it out like two minutes before they announced it. You did. Like, I outsmarted a children's show. Right. You're uh, like, so smart.
1: that's gonna be Susan A. That's her name, by the way, Susan A. Yes.
0: Um. um I didn't bother to learn the clown's name because he freaked me out.
1: Yeah, no. I, I actually removed him from my brain. I forgot he was even in this. Yeah.
0: Um, the English dub in particular, he's very raspy to the point where you're like, is this guy going to turn out to be a villain? Is this like a Joker thing? <laughs> like, oh God, he's getting invited on talk show. No, someone, anyone. Um, and then the final two episodes are basically just the concerts. Uh, power goes out because the electricity's all jank. And... That is our sort of, like, oh, all of these disparate threads coming together. The gamer girl helps out. The engineer they met in the rundown part of the park helps out. Um... helps out. Boss helps out. Yeah, Susan A helps out. Um...
1: Everybody's bringing the show. There's a crowd waiting to see Susan A.
0: Yes, and then the show ends with Relakma. Uh, oh, and of course, it all, like, and possibly the most, like, oh, it all ties together, uh, Corey Lockima has this little remote control car that he's been obsessed with all day. And of course, that is the one thing that can activate that the power switch the and restore power.
1: Right, to the whole park, yeah. So, yeah. It it, it works perfectly, but I we, we were talking about how the premise of the park still, like this thing's still coming to an end and closing. They never really stray from that. They're like, no, no, this is still over. But we yeah. had one last hurrah and we made yeah. the most of, of, like, that. that's what matters.
0: Yeah. Like, a consistent theme that people reference is, you know, enjoy something while it lasts, enjoy the moment. Um, particularly, there's an engineer character who he's like, yeah, I was an apprentice for someone who used to work here, and he got fired, and most of our work got shelved. But he was like, you know what? It made people happy when it was here. Um, and I think as we talk about, now that we've kind of, explain the plot talking about why we think this is something that more people should watch is it maintains that sort of melancholy element of the original show it maintains that sort of thoughtfulness and like humanity like that very like a very rich sense of humanity despite like the cartooniness and the madcapness uh especially heightened in this insane show i think I think halfway through we were watching. I think both of us were just discussing who is this for exactly. <laughs> right. What exactly. Is the target audience. It for doesn't this?
1: quite feel like it's for children.
0: Right. It it's like slightly more elaborate and sort of thoughtful and reflective to be for children. Right. And yet it's so cartoony and like aesthetically like pleasing for children, like adults are just gonna be like, what the hell is this? Right. Exactly. It feels. It's very much like Fantastic Mr. Fox, where it feels like it's such a specific sliver of people who are going to get the most out of this, and I hope they find it, because it, they will get a lot out of it.
1: Right. No, I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, to to go off of what you said about the moodiness, sort of, of the show, or its willingness to kind of be sad, I think that's what... And I may have... I feel like you and I briefly discussed Hey Arnold... Um, when 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 we, we watch this but like right. yes like i i think that it, that appeals to me in like a cathartic way that um writing about characters who like who fail or are let down and and have to just like sit with it and be with it that that was honestly a lot of the appeal the appeal of the first relacoma series was that like mm-hmm. these characters have to kind of just like sit with their disappointment and that's was sort of like the thesis of of shows like Hey Arnold, or, which was sort of the '90s version of Charlie Brown of like kind of being in your disappointment and sitting right. with it and like learning to just to be okay anyway.
0: That life is gonna throw you curveballs and yeah. you know you gotta keep swinging. And yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because Lockman and Kaori, the original series halfway through it turns out her apartment building's gotten sold and they're gonna have to move and it ends with them moving and this series starts with the premise that this amusement park is going to be closing soon and the epilogue is them getting a letter from susan a telling them that the park finally closed like despite all their heroic efforts just to make this one parade happen there's no like someone coming running in with a newspaper like like never oh, mind these investors were so moved
1: yeah, they changed their mind, and they're gonna, like, no, like, life moved on, and it and everyone was okay.
0: But, yeah, everyone's lives were a little better for this experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, the gamer girl sort of made up with her parents, the boss, and the engineer kind of, like, hashed out a lot of their stuff. The clown, well, he's, well, who still, cares? he's, <laughs> to, he's studying abroad. It ends with him going to, like, clowning school, so he's gonna figure something out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And Rilakkuma, of course, gets those GD pancakes, which is, right. again, that's the best part about all this. All he wanted, he, he, like, fixed four or five different groups of people, and all he wanted was, <laughs> was pancakes. pancakes. <laughs> all of this. Yeah. And I think that underlines also why I really recommend this. This show is, and pardon my language in the context of children's show, fucking hilarious.
1: It is. No, it think, it really is a hoot.
0: Like... like the minute that gun gets pulled over Lachma, we both <laughs> stand up like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Excuse me? And they're just like, yep. I mean, could you imagine if this had been released, um, like, weekly instead of just, like, all at once? And you just had to watch that episode and be like, I have no idea what this means.
0: Yeah. Wh- where could we possibly go from this? Right. There's, exactly. There's, what? There's no logic to it. And as we described, it has this very madcap energy of everyone just uh, says yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. The subplot with Kaori's boyfriend is that he's a delivery guy and he's like, oh, I'm running a little late. He decides to just show up in his uniform, but his uniform happens to look like the uniform of the employees. So they're like, help us move these boxes. Yeah. What are you doing standing
1: around? Come on. Like, help us. And he just goes with it.
0: He doesn't say anything. He does like a little like, uh, I, uh, uh, but then just keeps going. And then he's like teaching the company cheer to guests. Just yeah. Matter of factly. Right. Or, like, yeah, everyone just, and, like, Kaoru being, like, kind of just in her own head as, like, a car chase happens. The car chase! Like, some paparazzi realizes oh. that this random employee is uh, is Susan a. Susan a. Yeah. And she's like, can you guys help me sneak around so I can get backstage? I completely and forgot about that. Relax. <laughs> Kuma and his like side collection of sidekicks are like, yeah, it'll be like a spy movie prompting a race car chase through the park that blows right by Kaoru who literally doesn't notice it because she's so like pining over her boyfriend.
1: Isn't that like, that's something that really carried over from the last series or these like, these side plots are filled with these like fantasy sequences that are like fantastical and out of this world. And, but they're, they're like, sort of played very straightly.
0: Yes. And I think the big difference between the series is, like, they were pretty strict about, like, oh, those are fantasy sequences in the original series. They always seem to come back into reality on in this one, because, like, that car chase happened. Right. Or, like, Relaka's imagining himself as, like, an explorer. He imagines himself in this adorable little safari outfit. And then as they're initiating the master plan to, like, say, fix the energy, he suddenly just has the uniform on. Right, and yeah. It's like, well, I, I, this we're is here. what we're doing today. Yeah. Um, or there's an entire episode that's just in a video game world, and Relakuma is so freaked out by it, he thinks it's real.
1: Right, exactly. That That is a cool sequence, though, but I yes. like that the show explains very little. And, yes. like, we are also just going along with whatever yeah. anyone delivers.
0: We're, we're like, oh, this is just what this park is like, this is just what a day in the life of this reality is. Or this place is getting closed down because a gas pipe broke, and everyone in this town has gone insane. But yeah, that's just probably as more likely. Question it anymore, right? Um, it's also a gorgeous show. It is absolutely. It is
1: incredible. Like right like, from I... the jump, when the first frame like comes on the screen, like I remember just being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is like it, it's kind of breathtaking.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely, um, and. One, I think we're just in a golden age of stop motion in general, where, like, between Laika and the uh, Chicken Run guys coming back, and this this company, it is, like, we are really pushing what you can do with felt and action figures and stuff. Right. And this series, too, does a lot of, like, great alt stuff. Like, they have hand-drawn sequences... Like, the video game world is, like, arts and crafts, but also hand-drawn creatures.
1: Hand-drawn stuff is really quality, yeah.
0: Yes, and basically any flashback is done through this very pencil-y anime look, which also underlines the designs of all the humans being so stylized, because they're like, oh, they're trying to translate anime to stop motion. That's interesting.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And every character just feels very unique in their movements. Like... Right. There's a bit where Corey Lakama's uh like opening a box and i'm just like god they're so delicate right yeah (laughs) whereas ralakama like there's a bit where they have to sneak into the closed off part of the park and there's two like do not cross signs he just walks through them like like, bumbles through them he doesn't even put his hands up to push he just just moves yeah i was watching that
1: episode just now i was watching that same episode where where he's trying to like step on the boat And I like feel like real fear for him because he's like so top heavy. I'm like, there's no way like he's not crashing into this.
0: Right. Like the sense of weight to everything just makes it feel so much more like real and arts and craftsy. Right. Yeah. Or even just something like Kaoru always does this thing with her hair when she's indecisive, like just little things like thought of that gives it so much life and personality that you just don't see in other animation or even just this bit with her boyfriend, like carrying packages because he's a delivery guy and they're like little beads of sweat.
1: Sweat, like all over him. Like this detail is is so interesting.
0: I guess if I was gonna like, like we we wanted to do this episode because we really love this series, and it's an hard series to explain because it requires so much just buy-in, where right. you just have your brain just has to be like, oh yes, okay. this is this is just what the series is like, right. If you are going to try and sell someone on this, what are, like, how would you sell them, basically? Like, if
1: I had, like, an elevator pitch? I mean, I, I don't, I, I would say, like, oh, I wish I could remember what the name of those, like, Christmas specials were growing up. The, like, Rudolph and, like, A Year Without a Santa. Like, I would have to. I Yes, I I forget what their names are, like, who makes those, but. I would would be like, it's it's your favorite um, Christmas specials from when you grew up, except like in Japan and colorful and all year long.
0: That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they sat down and really thought like thought about life. Yeah. Outside Mm -hmm. just Christmas. Um, It's
1: exactly like this show will tell you exactly what you need to hear right now, like no matter what it is.
0: Honestly, if I was going to sum up Rilakkuma as a character, that would probably be how I would say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess I would just sum it up as, like, and I guess to talk personally, like, I've worked at amusement parks, I've worked at renaissance fairs, I've worked in spaces like this, where everything's flying by the seat of their pants, even the more established ones, it's like, you know, there's a lot of corners cut and a lot of things being held by string and glue and duct tape. Right. And when you get to the end of that season, when everything closes, like, even though you know this thing is going to open again someday, like, it stings, you know? The, yeah. You know, there's regularly a dry eye, you know? Like, as they're reading Susan A's note at the end of the series, just talking about, like, yeah, you know, it was really hard to say goodbye to all of us, but we knew, you know, our paths would cross again when they need to. Right. Like, yeah. The series, not just for Lakama, but the series as a whole, just captures those emotions you didn't think you would get to see on screen mm. in a way that feels very universal and real. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think, especially for people our age, you can get a lot out of this.
1: I would agree, yeah. I, th- I honestly think our demographic is exactly who it's for.
0: Yeah. Like, if you can get past some of the, like... Like, even if you're not the biggest anime person or the biggest stop-motion person, if you can get over that sort of, like, kitty energy, I think you can get a lot out of it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. But but, lean in to the kitty energy. Yeah. Like, why not? That yeah. That's what makes it kind of gold.
0: Yeah, that's what makes it special. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Just talking about it makes me want to, like, just go watch it right now, honestly.
0: Right. Like, I've talked I myself have... back in. Right? Like, that's why... For all of our talk about, like, what is this? What is going on? We're losing our lives. This is insane,
1: but I'm like, no, this is my favorite thing.
0: More, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, literally, I think when I got home after our watch party and we were both, like, exhausted and tired from the mancap energy and the food, I think, I don't remember, I think I literally just said that was one of the most fun nights I've had in God knows how long.
1: instead of like remotely yeah
0: oh absolutely and it kind of and i really wanted to start off september with it because i felt thematically it was like a perfect show that captures this energy of like
1: change the transition
0: yeah the change from summer to fall and sort of things coming to an end right and as we wait for that new thing to start i'm carter and i'm sydney have a magical day thanks for listening the Disney Desk is written, produced, and edited by Sydney Nicole Barkley and Carter Glace. Please follow us on Twitter at DisneyDesk, or send us an email at podcastdisneydesk at gmail.com. Want to support the magic? Use the link in the show's notes to make a donation to the Disney Desk podcast. We would greatly appreciate it.